not Pastor Evans' word. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, thank you for your word. It's always a lamp unto our feet. It's a light unto our path. It is quick. It is powerful. It is sharper than any two-edged sword. And heaven and earth is going to pass away, but your word will never pass away. Therefore, Father, as we teach your word, use me to speak life, to speak love, to speak compassion and conviction to your people. And I thank you for the Holy Spirit taking what's being said and germinated into faith. And as faith comes by hearing and hearing the word, Lord, I thank you that our lives will go to new levels because faith will take us places that nothing else can. And so I thank you for every person under the sound of my voice and even those who are watching by way of the internet. And I thank you and declare for signs, miracles, and wonders to follow our lives as a result of the word today. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Let everybody say amen. Amen, amen, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. We're in a series entitled Emotional Estate. Look at your neighbor and say, have you got your emotions together yet? And today's lesson is actually number four. And the purpose of the series, like I've said over the last four weeks now, is to help us understand our emotions and learn how to better manage them. Because a person's emotional life will impact their physical life. Everybody say, my emotional life will impact my physical life. And that's why some people are in jail. Because they allow their emotional life to overtake their physical life. Listen, if you're married, keep your hands to yourself. Just look straight. I won't know who I'm talking to. Just look straight. Now, last week, uh, one of the points that I made for application, uh, the point was, pop yourself before you negatively express yourself. How many wore the rubber band this week? You read a, yeah, how many popped yourself this week? Okay. And see, here's the thing. I gave, if you're visiting, I gave a rubber band to every person who was in church. And the whole point of this was to help us uh, make ourselves aware before we express our negative emotions. And I learned on last week, uh, Brother Harold Willis, who is one of our greeters, he's a licensed counselor. And he came uh, to me after service and said, Pastor, the rubber band that you use would be considered a behavioral tool, just like a belt. It's a behavioral tool, right? And so uh, I really didn't have any tests this week uh, until yesterday. Look, I went six days. I thought I was clear, clear, woo, right? And so, you know, I went to one of my favorite go-to restaurants, uh, 
Favorite is three words. Favorite, right? And uh, it was Wendy's. And I was ordering what the staff video said. That was a chili with cheese and no onions. And so I decided to order two of them. I was going to eat for dinner last night and for breakfast this morning. Don't judge me. And so, you know, I've been through that, that Wendy's several times. That is three words, several. And there are times that they would forget the cheese. Or there are times that they would put onions in there. So I've learned to look at it before I take off. So I got ready to leave and I looked and uh, one had cheese in it visibly. And the other one, I didn't see any cheese. So I went back to the window. I said, excuse me, ma'am. I asked for cheese. This one has cheese and this one doesn't. And so the manager pretty much says, well, I think she put cheese in both of them. And so the girl who, who fixed it came up and she was like, well, I put cheese in it. I said, well, I just don't see the cheese. She says, well, it melted. That was a fast melt. I mean, I didn't see no yellow. So then she said, in a very attitude way, I'll just put some more in there. There's my test. So it was either this or pass the test. So you all would be so proud of me. Because what I did in my sweet self, I said, you can guess, you can just keep the chili. I let them have it. And I drove off. Because they had shorted me about an inch of chili anyway in the cup. And then it wasn't no love that was being served in it. It wasn't going to taste good anyway. You can have that chili. I just said it like that. I was real sweet. But listen, listen, listen. But when I drove off, I thought about what happened. And it dawned on me that many of us live in a negative emotional environment Because, listen, we are consistently sowing negative emotional responses. They're going to put this verse on the screen. I'm going to read this verse that we all have heard. This is in the New English translation. But before I I, I read the verse, the verse is one that talks about giving, but it doesn't tell us what we should give, which leaves giving open to whatever it is. So what I'm going to do, because the context of what I'm talking about, Uh, Now, I'm not adding to the scripture. I'm just adding to its context. Many of us don't realize that we reap what we sow. And most of us live in a negative emotional environment because we are sowing that. So watch this. So I'm going to put the word negative emotions in this verse. Luke 638. They're going to put it on the screen. It says, what's the first word word in that verse? Give. Did it tell us what to give? No, it says give and I'm going to put negative emotions and negative emotions will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over will negative emotions be poured into your lap. For the measure you use when you express negative emotions, they will be the measure for you to receive negative emotions. Now look at your neighbor and say he talked to somebody in here. So if you need a reason, church, listen, to get your emotions under control, it ought to be this one right here. 
Because I only want to read good things in my life. Can you say amen to that? So if you're taking notes, today's message title is Emotional Prosperity. Emotional Prosperity. So here's what I'm going to do on the front end. I'm going to give us another uh, emotional perspective. And one of the reasons we have emotions is because God has emotions. You may not have ever thought about that. The Bible talks about God being angry. The Bible talks about God being jealous. The God, the Bible talks about God being love. And love can be expressed in so many different kinds of ways, but it also can be expressed as an emotion. And so listen, we have not only been created in God's image, which is spirit, but we've also been made in his likeness, which is different. Genesis chapter 1 verse 26, watch this now. It says, and God said, who's talking church? God. It says, and God said, let us make man in our, what's that word? In our image. And then it says, and after our what? Okay, so we have been made in the image of God and in the likeness of God. And the image is spirit, but the likeness are the characteristics that God has. And so God has emotions and that's why he gave them to us. Say amen to that. So listen, we're about to read a verse of scripture that I want to show you where God is responding to something with emotions. This is Genesis chapter 6 verse 5. It says, and God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart, talking about the heart of man, was only evil continually. And it repented the Lord that he made man on the earth. Wow. And then it says, watch this, here's the emotion, and it did what to God's heart? It, now, let me ask you a question. Is grief an emotion? Absolutely. So here it is, God, we're now reading something, and the evilness of his creation has caused some grief or some emotion in his heart. Watch verse 7. And the Lord said, watch this now, church, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast and the creeping things and the fowls of the air, for it repented me that I have made them. So watch this now. So on the surface, it looks like God made a decision to destroy man and beast from his emotions. Remember, it said he was grieved, and then right after that, he says, I'm wiping them all out. So it looks like, on the surface, that God was making an emotional decision. And let me just throw this out there. If you consistently make emotional decisions, you're going to consistently make some bad ones. Because your emotions are like the weather. Yesterday, it was supposed to rain in several, you know, but... Look, it stormed in one place, and we didn't get a drop where I live. So our emotions are the same way. So on the surface, it looks like God made a decision based on his emotions. But the reality of the situation is, he actually made a decision. Listen, church, it was based on his will or principle and not emotions. So watch this, Genesis chapter 2. It says this, because remember now, had he made the, the decision out of his emotions, then it was, it would show that that's fine. But God doesn't want us making decisions from our emotions alone. So watch what happened in Genesis 2, because here's the principle or his will that he made that decision from. It says, and the Lord God commanded the man of, uh, saying, of every tree you may eat, 
But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat it. Watch this. Read it with me. For in the day that you eat it, you shall what? Wow. So you know that verse, what he was saying is, listen, the moment you sin, the wages of sin is death. As a matter of fact, that verse coincides with Romans 6.23, which says, for the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. So God's decision, listen, church, was, was really a principled decision and not an emotional decision. Listen, he expressed his emotions while making the decision, but the decision was not governed by his emotions. It's okay to feel a certain way when you have to make a decision, but you cannot let your how you feel at that time be the main reason for your decision, because if you do, you're going to make a bad one. Say amen. And so this lines up with the first story that we talked about in the whole series. Remember Jesus showed up at the temple. He started throwing tables away. He started throwing people out of the church. And he was like, listen, you shouldn't be selling animals and all that. Well, it looked like Jesus was acting from his emotions. No, watch this now. He was acting from principle. Because if you read that story, Matthew chapter 21 verse 13 says this. It says, he said, it is written. My house shall be called the house of prayer. But you made it a den of thieves. So why did Jesus go through there throwing everybody out? Was it because he was having a bad day? No, it was because the principle or God's will said God's house should be prayer. So here's the the thing. And here's point number one if you want to take notes. Because if we don't allow our emotions to prosper... We will govern our lives from negative emotions. And what will happen is that we will reap the harvest from negative decisions. So here's point number one, if you're taking notes. Emotional prosperity is possible. Everybody say emotional prosperity. Now, some of of y'all probably didn't think that that was a such thing. Well, let's let's look at this. Third John chapter two. And I'm reading now in the King James Version. 3 John 2, it says, Beloved, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in what? Health, even as your what? Now remember, your soul consists of your mind, your will, your emotions, your intellect, and your imagination. So really, when he says he wishes above all things that our soul prosper, he's saying, I need your emotions to prosper. And so many times our emotions are not prospering. And I'm going to point out some ways that you can recognize that. Now, the word prosper there means to have help, to succeed. Watch this, in reaching, but it also means to succeed in business, which tells me that if you are a business owner and your business is not prospering at the level it should, check your soul out. Check your emotions out. So we just read in that verse... That actually it applies two things. Here's the first thing that that verse implies. That God wants our physical world to prosper. Do you agree with me on that? He says, beloved, I wish above all things that you prosper. That means in the natural. So, listen. I visited uh, one of our members whose son got shot four times and lived. And didn't break a bone or nothing like that. I'm like, I'm like, look, the devil's out to get you, but God's got purpose for your life. And see, young people these days, they want what it took their parents 25 years to get. They want it in 25 months. 
Okay, it's nothing wrong with wanting it, but but the, the speed in which they want to get it does not match the work sometimes that they have to put into it. Right. And so I remember when I became a believer, right before I became a believer, one of the issues that I had with Christians is Christians made you, they forced you to make a choice. God or stuff. You could not have both of them. So you know what that equated to? God and broke. Because if you pick stuff, oh, it's the uh, money is the root of all evil. No, it's not money. It's the love of money. But the Christians made you feel like it was money. So you had to pick between God and stuff. And so all the Christians picked which one? God. And was broke as Jack. I didn't, I didn't want to have that. But I started reading the Bible for myself. And I realized you can have God and stuff and he'll help you get it. So I told that young man that. So God wants our physical world to prosper. Here's number two. God wants our emotional world to prosper. In other words, he wants our outer world, listen, to succeed as well as our inner world. And this is why balance is so important because it's so easy, watch this church, to have the outside of our lives together and the inside of it is crumbled. Now I'm about to read a verse that traditionally is going to look one way, but I'm going to show you it's not what most people make it to mean. So we're going to go to Matthew chapter 16, because I want to show you something about uh, this whole soul prosperity thing. It says, then Jesus, I'm in Matthew chapter 16, verse 24, it says, and then Jesus said to his disciples, if any of you will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. I'm reading for context. For whosoever, watch this, will hold on to his life is going to what? Lose it. And whoever will lose his life or surrender fully his life for my sake will find it. If you really want to find your purpose in life, fully surrender. Notice I said fully surrender. Right? Watch verse 26. Watch this. Here's the verse that I want to look at. For what is a man profited if he shall gain, that word gain means win, the whole world and lose his soul? Now see, most of the time the church taught that that meant, man, you're going to lose your soul and go to hell. But it's not, it's not necessarily talking about that. And I want you to point out, I want to point out something. We can be winning in the world and losing in our soul. But Jesus said, what profit if a man gains or wins the whole world and loses his soul? Watch verse 27. Oh, verse 27. And what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Watch verse 27. For the Son of Man shall come in the glory of his Father with his angels. Watch this. And then he, the Son of Man, shall reward every man according to his what? Okay, so let me give you perspective. When Jesus said, gain the world and lose his soul, he could not have been talking about eternal destinations. You say, well, Pastor, why'd you say that? Because eternal life, which is an eternal destination, cannot be worked for. He said, can a man gain the whole world and lose his soul? And he says, listen, if you, if you allow me to, to lo- win your life, if you give your life to me, he says, when I come back, I'm going to give you something for your works. Well, he can't be talking about eternal life because you can't work for eternal life. Are you all with me? Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8 
says this, for by grace are you saved through faith and not of yourselves. It, it what? This salvation, it is a gift of what? Question, can you work for a gift? If you are working for a gift, it's not a gift. He says, it is a gift of God, not of what? Works. So he could not have been talking about eternal destinations because he can't reward me for something that I work for unless I earned it. And so there are people today who are working for their salvation, not knowing it's free. Amen. So here's my question. Based on 3 John 2, emotional prosperity is possible. Everybody say emotional prosperity is possible. So here's my question. What does it mean for our emotional life to prosper? What does that look like? Here's point number two, if you're taking notes, and you should have the notes with you. Here's point number two. Emotional prosperity is rooted in our relationship with God. Emotional prosperity is rooted in our relationship with God. Listen, negative emotions are a repercussion from sin. See, the reason we have negative emotions is because of what Adam and Eve did on the front end. When they made the decision to sin against God, it was only after that that negative emotions showed up. Genesis 3 verse 9 says, and the Lord called Adam and said, hey, where are you, Adam? And he says, I heard your voice in the garden and I was afraid. Is a fear, is fear a negative emotion? So here it is, after they sinned against God, negative emotions showed up. He says, I was afraid. And then he says, I was naked and I hid myself. So listen, we can have a relationship with God. I want you to hear this and be filled with all types of negative emotions. But our relationship with God should position our emotions to be positive and not negative. And so my goal today is to push you closer to God so that your negative emotions can change. Because I'm going to show you at the end how to change them from negative to positive. Because some of us don't know. We're so negative that our emotions stink and we don't know it. You ever been around people and their breath stink and they don't know it? Right? How many see? How many know some people like that? People like that? That's all? Are y'all the one that didn't raise your hand? Are y'all the one with the bad breath? What the... <laughs> Watch this now. Psalm 42, 11 says this. Why are you cast down, oh, my soul? Why are you cast down, oh, my emotions? Why are you depressed? Why are you disquieted in me? Watch what he says to do. What did he say do? Hope in God. So when my negative, my emotions are negative, my hope in God is below par. What did he say? He says, why are you, my soul, cast down? Does that sound like depression? He says, why are you cast down? Put your hope in God. Which means that the reason my emotions are down is because my hope in God is down. Look at the New Living Translation. He says, why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? I will put my hope in who, church? In God. Here's another version. He says, why are you down in the dumps, dear soul? I'm talking to somebody right now. You down in the dumps. And here's the thing. We disguise our down in the dumps because we blame it on other people. 
Oh, it's the job. Oh, it's my boss. It's my spouse. It's my kids. No, it's you. It's you. Your hope in God has diminished. The moment you take your eyes off of the one and start looking at these ones, you're going to get depressed. One of the signs of a healthy or prosperous emotions, watch this church now, is consistency in our trust and reliance upon God. I'm going to say that again. One of the signs of a healthy or prosperous emotions is our consistency in our trust and reliance upon God. Trust is always a result of peace. Amen. Peace means nothing missing, nothing broken, nothing lost. In other words, listen, peace is the thing that will root you. But lack of peace is when we consistently live. Listen, because some of you all are here. You consistently live in doubt. I'm not saying now... Doubt like temporary doubt. I'm talking about you live in doubt. Doubt, worry, fear, unbelief, stress, and anxiety. All of those things are repercussions of us not having prosperous emotions. And this is why it's so important. You got to remind yourself when you're going through things who God is in your life. Amen. And Revelation chapter, you can just write this down. Revelation chapter 12, verse 10 and verse 11. It says, they overcame the devil by the blood of the lamb. And watch this. Here's what I like. It says, and by their testimony. When you're going through, when your emotions are all over the place, you got to remind yourself that the blood is covering you. And you have to remind yourself of the testimony that God brought you out of. It is our relationship with God that helps us have emotional prosperity. So 1 Samuel chapter 30 verse uh, 6, I'm going to read this real quick. This is a good situation about David and his emotions. Because if you are a leader, you cannot afford to lead with your emotions. Do you know emotional stability brings security? Because they know who, gonna, who they going to face that day. See, some of y'all go to work, they don't know who they going to see. Your kids don't know who you're going to be that day. Which mama is this? Is this the mean mama? Is this the nice mama? Is this the crazy mama? First Samuel 36. And David was greatly distressed. Let me ask you a question. Is distressed? Is that emotion? Yes. He was greatly distressed for the people spoke of stoning him because the souls, the emotions of all the people was grieved. That's emotion. Every man for his sons and for his daughters. But watch what happened. What did David do, church? He encouraged himself in who? Listen, he didn't put on Al Green. Teddy Pentecost. Well, I don't know what generations we got up in here. Maybe some Drake. Psalm 62, 5. He says, my soul waits only on God. So here, here's the thing, church. Listen. You got to take advantage of your relationship with God. And instead of when you're going through it, don't forget what he has done for you. Here's point number three as we close. You have to develop. This is how you now develop a uh, prosperous emotions. You have to develop a positive prophetic insight. Now, this is good right here. 
A positive prophetic insight. In other words, you and I must shape our emotions, watch this, by having a prophetic perspective regarding our state and our situation. We must get a prophetic perspective. You say, well, what does that mean, a prophetic? Uh, let me just give you a prophetic, a, let me give you a perverted prophetic perception. See, because anything God has, the devil has a perverted version. So let's say you want a new job. You apply for the new job. You go for the interview. You get the interview. And now you're in the waiting of what they're going to say. And this is what a perverted, negative, prophetic, emotional response is. Oh, they're not going to hire me. I never get the jobs I apply for. But that's a lie because you got the job you got. Oh, I, I, I was qualified, but I'm pretty sure there were other people more qualified. See, that's, 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 see, we think that's just being negative. You know what that is? That is actually negative emotions. And so what you have to do, you have to have a prophetic insight. Well, how do you do that? You take, in fact, I'm going to skip Jeremiah 33. I want you to write Jeremiah 33 verse 1 through 6. I want you to write that down. But I want to go to uh, Romans chapter 4 verse 17. Romans 4 17. Because if we will just do like God does, we'll get his results. It says, as it is written, I've made you a father of many nations before whom he believed. Even God who quickens the dead and he calls those things that be not as though they were. Here's the amplified. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. He was appointed our father in the sight of God in whom he believed. Watch this. Who gives life to the dead. And speaks of the non-existent things that he has foretold and promised. In other words, he's speaking about things that he has promised. Watch this. As if they already existed. So listen. As you digest the prophetic promises regarding your situation. What God will do to your emotions. At times he will give you prophetic vision to help you along the way. He did it to Abraham. Abraham, this is uh, in Genesis 15. He took Abraham outside and he says, look at the stars, see all of this. He said, that's how many kids you're going to have one day. You have to understand, Abraham didn't have no kids. And then he says, you know what? After he saw those stars, the Bible says, Abraham believed. God will give you a prophetic vision to help, watch this, your emotions get under control if you get closer to him so you can see it. So we was building this building. I'll never forget, it was looking bad. I mean, old gospel songs start coming up in my heart. Like, though the storms keep on raging in my life. I mean, know that song. I mean, oh boy, I tell you what. I'm climbing up on the rough side. It was bad. I now forget, I mean, I was just, I mean, I was, listen, listen, okay, let me give you all perspective. Can I give you a perspective? Okay, here's the perspective. This building cost almost $10 million. And we had never had $1 million in the bank at one time. So how are you going to pay for a $10 million building and you ain't never had a million? That sounds crazy to me. It was crazy to me. And it was stressing me out. And I'll never forget, you know, remember, God will give you prophetic insight. He'll give you a prophetic vision to help you 
Get your emotions straight because what you see is what you will feel. So I'll never forget, he came to me one day. And you know, he'll come to right where you are. Remember now, I told you, if you ghetto, God will talk to you ghetto. So he came to me one day, he says, Evan, are you concerned about Lisa Fuller's car breaking down? I was confused. I was like, what do you mean? It's not my car. He said, answer my question. Are you concerned and worried right now about Lisa Fuller's car breaking down? I was like, no. I'm not concerned. He was like, why? I said, because it's not my car. Then he took it to the next level. He says, well, if her car were to break down, Evan, are you worried about her being able to pay for her car being fixed? I was like, why are you asking me this? He said, just answer the question. I said, what's the question again? He said, are you concerned about and worried about if Lisa Fuller's car breaking down, if she's going to be able to pay for it? I said, well, no, I'm not really concerned about that. I mean, if she asked me to help her pay for it, I I would. But no, I'm not concerned about her car breaking down and her being able to pay for it. I, I said, why are you asking that? He says, well, why aren't you worried about that? I said, because it's not my car. He said, so why are you worried about this building? It ain't yours. It's mine. And if you will let me do my business, it won't stress you out. And I'm here to tell you, church, if you will let God give you prophetic vision of what his word says for your life. He says you are the head and not the tail. I know your bills are due, but he says I will meet all of your needs according to not your riches and glory, but my riches and glory by Christ Jesus. He says I will perfect all the things that concern you. But you know, all you can see is the problem. You need to be able to see prophetic vision of the problem solver. And I'm talking to some people today. You stressed out. Your emotions are all over the place. You have seen God do it once, twice, three times. Why are you cast down in your soul? You better put your trust in God. Did y'all get something out of the word today? So with every head bowed. It's time to surrender those negative emotions. So God can give you prophetic vision for what he wants to do in your life. Father, we, the word has been sown. Thank you that it's been sown on good ground. Thank you, Father, that it is going to reap a harvest when we need it and the way we need it. In Jesus' name. Maybe you're here in the house or maybe you're watching me. Here's my question to you. If you die today, are you 100% sure you'd go to heaven?